Hi, Cindy. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I have been better. I've got a mild concussion, but other than that, I'm doing great. A, a mild traumatic brain injury? Just a little bit, yeah. But just the fact that you're here, Katie, and hopefully can read through your notes, I think says a lot about your dedication. Absolutely. And Absolutely. We all appreciate that. Nothing comes between me and my history. Nothing. Except for your TBI. Except for TBI. But aside from that. So we're, we're going to do the best we can today. We're going to keep it together. See how it turns out. I, yeah. I have high hopes. You have prepared for us a little This Week in History. I have. I'm very excited by this. This Week in History, May 24th, 1567, is the anniversary of the Sture murders. <gasps> Katie, you know how I feel about murder. I know you do. I love it. I love so it. So much. Let me just clarify for a quick second. I don't love murder. I don't condone murder. But I was a murderino before it was a thing. <laughs> I actually, one of the greatest comforts in my life is that I have friends who, should I disappear under mysterious circumstances? I have friends who are going to ensure there's a podcast made about my disappearance. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that it's on NPR so that it gets like widespread distribution. Well, can you get that Dateline guy? I can't remember what his name is. (laughs) Isn't he a bachelorette guy? (laughs) Chris Harrison? Chris Harrison. Yes. that's. Wait a minute. That's that's Catch a Predator. You know what? Could you? Could you please, if if I should mysteriously disappear, can you please ensure that Chris Harrison from the Bachelor series hosts my podcast? I think I think I can arrange it. Yeah, sure. that would be the greatest gift, Katie, you could give to me. But anyway, back to the murder. Back you said to the murdering. Fifteen. 1567. So we're talking like vintage murder. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. Okay. So before we get to the murdering piece, we do need a little bit of background information. (sighs) I I know. I need need to contextualize the murder. I'm sorry. Okay. If you insist. All right. So these murders occur in Sweden and we need to talk about a, a key character in this this murder story and that is king eric the 14th so he was born december 13th 1533 uh at kronor castle in sweden and i again i apologize in advance to any swedes who may be listening if i butcher any names or your language i apologize in advance i do not speak swedish i'm sorry no you cannot use your traumatic brain injury <laughs> as an excuse for not properly pronounce pronouncing swedish names you will we will not stand for that katie i'm sorry i'm sorry i i struggle with the ikea furniture names pronunciation so we'll see how this goes so uh so eric um just to give you a little bit of background information he's He's kind of a odd little duck. He's he's incredibly smart. Um, he was, you know, privately tutored like any young prince was. Um, but he took to 
math and science and any anything that he studied very, very quickly. Um, his mother died when he was about two years old. And it's thought that this, you know, her death did have a big influence on him later on in life. Um, but he was very, very willful, very indulged. Um, he pursued Queen Elizabeth I when he you know, came of age, oh. almost oh. relentlessly, constantly sending her letters. He sent her at least two portraits of himself, which she was like, thanks, but no thanks. She actually wrote, eventually wrote him a letter saying, listen, I'm not going to marry anybody. So... But I'm going to show your portraits to all my friends. <laughs> thanks for the selfie. Don't call me again. Um, and he eventually did give up on her, and he also pursued Mary, Queen of Scots, unsuccessfully, mm-hmm. Renata of Lorraine, unsuccessfully, Anna of Saxony, unsuccessfully, and Christina of Hesse, also unsuccessfully. What was it about him? Was it that he was a duck? <laughs> a Swedish duck. No, by by all accounts, and, and we'll start to see a little bit later, um, he wasn't the nicest of guys. Oh no! Um, and there also there's also um, underlying underlying mental illness as well, which we'll see very shortly. Um, he was he was not particularly nice. There's stories about the very ill treatment of some of his um, his mistresses. That you know, very much a love them and leave them kind of guy. Even if you have two small children with mm. a mistress. So. That doesn't go over too well with the ladies. No, 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 no. Um, his father died in 1560, and so then he assumed the crown. Um, but there was a lot of resistance from Swedish nobility. Um, and this is because he's he tried to expand Swedish borders, and he also ignored the Privy Council of, of Sweden, which is this, um, you know, the, a council that provided guidance to the king, and he just kind of did his own thing, which no one really liked. And 1563, that's when he kind of starts to go a little more paranoid, a little bit crazier. Um, he, and he became very, very suspicious of one nobleman in particular. His name was uh, Nils Svantesen Sture. And they were actually step cousins. And the reason that Eric was like so kind of paranoid about this one guy, um, at this time, Eric doesn't have any legitimate children whatsoever he only has kids with his um one mistress um and he was really worried that nils would somehow overthrow him nils was very popular with the aristocracy um he came from a very powerful family and also eric had had this astrologer tell him that he would be overthrown by a blonde haired man and it just so happens that nils is blonde oh coincidence (laughs) but he's in sweden there's a lot of, of so it really was it, it was a coincidence. <laughs> it wasn't that Saturn was in your rising Mars. No, no, nothing like that. So Eric decides that the only way that he can really take care of Nils is to drum up some really fake charges, and he sentences Nils to death. Um, but he decides to commute the sentence, and he makes Nils march through town wearing a straw hat which i guess is the swedish the 16th century swedish equivalent of like a shame bell or something (laughs) 
We have one at my local bar. They sh- they shake it if you drop a glass. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> I'm rethinking that straw hat I kept in my Fab Fit Fun box from last summer. Every time I wear it, I'm just gonna be like, shame. Shame. Your your family will not want to be seen with you. Apparently not. No. No, not at all. So after Nils makes his straw-headed walk of shame through the city, um, It seems like Eric is trying to smooth things out. He asks Nils to go to Lorraine to try and negotiate marriage with Princess Renata, which we know is not going to work out. And this was actually um, just a plot and a ploy to get Nils out of the picture for a while. He sends him to go negotiate marriage with Princess Renata. He gets him out of the picture. This decision does not go over well with the Swedish nobles at all. They kind of see through this. They're like, mm, Eric's up to something. This is not good. So at it, so in July 1566, at Nils's quote-unquote going-away party, um, they organize a resistance. And this includes Eric's brother, Charles, as well. But they, they, they make a plot to, like, this, this can't go on anymore. Um, and Eric is getting more and more paranoid. And things really come to a head when he ends up torturing one of his own pages. And at the party? No, no, no. This is after the fact. Oh, I was so like, Eric- I I need to learn more about how Swedish do their I mean, for one, wearing a straw hat is shameful. Like that's yes. how you embarrass somebody. Mm-hmm. And then you throw them a going away party and torture page boys. No, no, this is separate. This is okay. That's what you do at Christmas time. So Eric. <laughs> He tortures one of his page boys who accuses some of the noblemen of plotting against the king's marriage. And so Eric just Mm. takes this and he runs with it. Um, He calls a Reichstag, which is, it's like a parliament and it's second only to the king. Uh, And they come to, to Uppsala in May, 1567 to have, you know, essentially a trial and figure out what, what's going on. So Eric invites the the accused, um, and they are immediately arrested as soon as they arrive. And this includes Svante Sture, who is the father of Nils Svantesen Sture. So in Sweden at this time, they have a very similar naming convention that they do in Iceland now, which I don't know if you're familiar with this. I am not. So in, in Iceland, your surname, your last name, is dependent upon your father's first name. So, like, mm-hmm. for example, you know, if my if my father's name is, like, Paul, my name would be, like, Katie Paul's daughter. Oh, well, it's, like, Robertson, right? That's yes, a popular yes, 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 last yes. name. But it's also – it also depends on gender as well. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm – because I'm female, I'm, you know, Paul Paul's daughter. Gotcha. But my brother – Mike would be Mike Paulson. Gotcha. So okay. it's similar at this time period too. So Svante Sture, his son, one of his sons is Nils Svante Sture. And then um, he also arrested was Eric Svante Sture. Guess how he's related to Nils? Um, second cousin twice removed. Close. Brother. Oh! Also arrested was uh, Abraham Stenbach, Sten Bonner, Ivor Iverson, and Sten Erickson. This is important. This will be important later. Okay. 
So the trial itself wasn't very well documented, but we do have records of the outcome, the verdict, and a little bit of evidence. So Abraham St- uh, Stenbach and Ivor Iverson were Im- sentenced to death immediately for crimes against the crown. Um, Nils Svantesen-Sture shows up while the trial is still going on, and they're still deciding the fate of the other men, and he also gets immediately arrested. Um, and it's also important to note that, like, as this is also going on, uh, Svantesen-Sture's wife, Martha, she is trying to appeal to the king's mistress and um, the king's daughter to try and spare the lives of her sons, her sons and her husband. And his mistress, um, Karen Mend... And his mistress, Karen Mann's daughter, assures her that the king, he's not going to hurt anyone. It's going to be fine. So unfortunately, on this same day, the king goes to Svante Sture and he begs for forgiveness and reconciliation. He says, don't worry. You know, I, I made a mistake. This will all work out. Everything seems okay until a couple hours later when the mm-hmm. king returns and stabs Nils. <gasps> himself like in court no in in the jail where they're well excuse me in the castle where they're being held in <gasps> just just like that he literally just walks over like oh hey yep. bud yep <gasps> and then he commands one of his henchmen to finish the job so okay would this be condoned by the court system no. i mean i realized a court i mean i realize it's not like a you know 21st century court system but like did were there people who were like okay this is totally well yeah the king just can't go around stabbing you know other noblemen who he thinks are trying to usurp him just randomly because it the research that i had that i have at this time like nils hasn't been officially like found guilty of anything just yet. Right. And it seems like such an extreme to go from like, you shall wear a straw hat. To stabby stabby. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Stab stab you in the gut. Well, that's, that's a testament to like, Eric is really losing it Mm. at this time. Mm -hmm. And it gets worse, Cindy. (gasps) It gets worse. This isn't, when I say the story murders, it's murders plural. (gasps) Tell me everything. So after, he stabs Nils, and he has his henchmen finish the job. Then he goes into Svante's cell, and he tells him, well, you won't forgive me now, and has him killed. <gasps> oh, but he doesn't do it himself. No, 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 no. He has his henchmen he, do that. He has people to do that for yes. him. He tells his guards to kill everyone except for Hersten. And in, in Swedish, hair is like Mr. or Sir Sten. Now, if you're paying attention... There are two Stens, mm-hmm. Sten Bonner and Sten Erickson. And the guards didn't ask for clarification from the king. So they <gasps> they ended up sparing both of them. Neither of them got killed. Oh, well, that's better than like, <laughs> we'll just, <laughs> just take a ball out. So um, they end up killing, you know, Svante Sture, Eric Svante Sture, Nils Svante Sture, Abraham, uh, Abraham Stenbach. Ivor Iverson all get killed. The two Stens, they survive. Um, but it gets worse. So the king flees the castle. 
And on his way out, he runs into his tutor from childhood. His name is Dionysius Boreas. And he tries to talk the king down. You know, we can fix this. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And instead, he gets stabbed for his trouble. The king stabs <gasps> him to death. This is truly a killing spree. Yes. Yes. The king flees into the, the forest. And no one can find him for three days. What? They have no idea where he is. Is he on his own at this point? Yes. Yes. So his henchmen and everybody stayed behind. Yes. No, he's just like take he's just like like a toddler just running into the woods. And they find they do find him like three days later, and he's like naked and who knows what's happened to him. So very, very wisely enough, he power is signed over to his stepmother until he can become you know sane again like th this is the insane part like they still wanted him to be in power because he's still technically the king right right he's just out of his mind and has stabbed a number of people to death um so he recovers quote unquote in late 1567 and his powers are fully restored However, in February 1568, he stabs one of his secretaries with a fireplace poker. And then at that point, the nobles kind of think, nah, maybe this isn't it's such a good idea to continue to have him in power. Um, and they do uprise against him in the summer of 1568. And he was deposed in 1567. Um, for the remainder of his life, he was kept in prisons in various castles until he was poisoned in 1577 with arsenic in his pea soup. Do we do we know or do we think we know who poisoned him? You know, I I didn't I didn't see that in my research. I think it was just they just tired of him and it's he was more of a liability than mm, than he yeah. was worth, I suppose. Yeah, you know what they say? You could take the knife out of the king's hand, but you can't take this stabby stabby. The desire to stabby stabby out of the king. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw that embroidered on a tea towel. Once. Ah, I saw that too. Yeah, at the yeah. Amish store. And now here's another interesting fact. So today, if you decide to go to Uppsala Cathedral in Sweden, you will see on display the clothes that were worn by Svante, Nils, and Eric Sture when they were murdered. What? Yes, they were kept by. Marta, the the wife uh, and mother of the the two men, and they're still on display there. Okay, one. Mm -hmm. Who does that? Who keeps it? <laughs> two. Marta was definitely a true crime fan. Yes, <laughs> she and I would have been really good friends. And I found pictures of it. I can send you photographs. Get you out. Can see their actual. You have yeah. wait photos of the clothes. Yeah, the clothes Get that they were out. wearing at the time when they were murdered. Oh my gosh, I'm so ex I should not be this excited. I knew you'd be very excited about it. And I also have pictures to share with you, and I'll also post this on our Instagram of um, both the king and Nils, if you would like to see. Yes, please. And I'm also interested in seeing what your reaction to 16th century Swedish fashion is. Well, those... Those pantaloons definitely have volume. Uh, 
I, I'm disappointed, Katie. I don't see blood stains. If you zoom in, you can see it. Yes. So on the leftmost jacket, if you kind of zoom in, it, it looks dirty, but those are blood stains. <gasps> oh my gosh. And I'm we're we're digressing here for a second, but are mm-hmm. those like um cod pieces? No, I don't believe that they're cod pieces. I think they're more like purses. I, I don't know. I don't know. That is a very strategic spot for a purse. Nils, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can tell by his face, Katie, that he didn't see it coming. Nope. Nope. Why would you ever come back to Sweden if you knew you were going to get stabbed? Exactly. Oh, here's the king. Oh, well, is he missing parts of his body? I think that's just the 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 dark coat that he's wearing or the the cloak it's obscuring part oh, of the, I see. Yeah. the rest of the jacket. Yeah. So, he, But it does make him look like he has a teeny tiny little hand. It's very flattering to his waist. It makes him look very yes, s- yes. spilt. Doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would just snap and murder everybody in a prison. Mm. But, you know, there's one thing I've learned about true crime. It's, it's uh, the people you least likely to expect. Yeah. Like... The sovereign of a of a nation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy! Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Sometimes you just got to get a little stabby stabby in. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Here's what I love, Katie, about your story for this week is that I think it's pretty well known that like the top podcasts are true crime podcasts, mm. but we forget that true crime is history. It is. So jokes on you, true crime fans. (laughs) You're actually history fans. You're actually history fans. (laughs) And that's the story of the Sture murders. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, if you have a favorite story in history you want to share with us, or if we made some horrible mistake in our retelling of history, be sure to slide into our DMs at at another history podcast, or send us an email at notanotherhistory at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you.